0: Hi and welcome to the Art of the Profitable Lifestyle Gym podcast. I'm Chris Thorndike, a 14 year practicing brick and mortar gym owner. In this podcast, we'll talk you through how to grow your gym membership base with long term members, how to create a consistent flow of leads, and how to enjoy running a gym that gives you the income you need to live the lifestyle you want. I'll show you how to pay yourself $5,000 a month take home and make $5,000 a month in gym profit. All right. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. I am joined by Andrea. Good morning.
1: Good morning. If I sound a little weird, it's because I just had my wisdom teeth removed. Although today, I feel like I sound a little normal.
0: (laughs) You sound clear. So yesterday, (laughs) when we were talking, I was like, I could tell. But now,
1: 100%.
0: If you didn't say anything, I doubt they'd even tell. Never mind. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, guys, today we're talking about what I would say, Andrea, is on the minds of every owner. The moment they look at their business and they say, I need help. I, I need a break. I'm tired. I, I, I just have reached that point where either I'm ready to grow and I just need help. So guys, we're diving into uh, how to essentially build a professional coaching team for your group-centered model. And uh, we'll, we'll dive into the roles, uh, the hours, and, and a lot of uh, mistakes made. Andre, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to share a lot on this one. I think this is the most difficult thing to do in a business, hands down. Like hire them. Hire them, uh, build a team, manage them. Everything people-oriented is hands down going to be the most difficult part of the business. Um, So brace yourself is what I'm saying. I've pulled uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, friends and colleagues and honestly, people that own other businesses out of a search for um, clarity on this issue. And, and there's not a good consensus that people like building teams and managing them. Um, but it is the thing that keeps people up in the manager seat or owner seat often. And uh, I think we've got a fantastic system to help ease our gym owners. Um, if you're not familiar with my background, I went to University of Florida for business management. I wanted to crack the code you could say, on organizing people and making uh, their jobs and and lives, you know, uh, enjoyable through their work. And so this has been a long relationship for me in uh, understanding the structure, understanding the function of of business. So uh, we're going to hit it hard today. Um, Before we do, uh, my question for you, Andrea, you know, what, if you think into your career or even like growing up and specifically think of your team is there any takeaway that you have like the best team you've ever been on was there any kind of magic to it or uh an environment that you're just like I really like going to work was there anything that you could think of that really set that in motion
1: um yeah I think the best team I've ever been on um, at UF we have orientation leaders And Mm -hmm. so every year there's like a group of people that, you know, welcome in the new freshmen. And so in 2012, I was a part of that team and it was like 42 of us, I believe. Um, And those are like long hours, like you're up at 6 a.m. and then you go to bed at like midnight (laughs) and it's like just long. So I don't know, I think it was like the the midst of like a July because orientation happens in the summer, July, and i just remember like feeling like we were so like on the same page, like everything was working together. Um particularly me and like six people had to like create these like pa- like welcome package bags that we give to freshmen. They're like the little preview bags. And we had to make like 500 bags. <laughs> so like already it was like this is a daunting task, but I don't know, somebody made it fun. Somebody was like the organizer. Somebody was the like, everybody had their role. And for like whatever reason, we all just like stuck to our role, did it so fast, made it a competition and we got, it was just great. I was like, this is the best team I've ever been on. And and it was like a small portion of the bigger team, but it was like, yeah, when you said magic, I was like, that's the most I've ever felt in sync with like a bunch of people for one task doing this one you know, thing. So,
0: so that's great feedback. It kind of goes into my, uh, you know, kind of point as we kick this thing off, when it comes to people, what I've learned structure is what really is the glue in keeping people together. And it, it gets you to the art of what I'd say makes work fun. So when you have multiple roles with people in charge of certain things, you uh, find that people can communicate what they like and they don't like, and then they avoid certain roles or they you know cater to, to other roles that they do. And I think with a lot of business owners, early on, one of the first, I'd call it mistakes is you, you hire or take on the person that raises their hand first because think about this, when you start your, you know, our style businesses, you're often a one man band or one woman band and everything's going great. You're able to ride the passion and the energy wave. And then soon you want to expand or grow schedule and you realize, Hey, I'm ready. Well, when you vocalize that, you're not really starting with the end in mind because things are in real time happening pretty fast. So you end up hiring without real structure in place of what this person should do, what the end or outcome should look like. There's not a lot of documented, you know, uh, Mm. ways of doing things. So it's not organized. And that's often the most common mistake. What we've seen in management is you're kind of thrown into the manager seat and then you, you kind of figure it out as you go. And that's pretty common. Um, So we're not really set up for success. So a lot of management, what I've found is kind of working backwards and sifting through an already kind of built out team. So once you realize these principles, like the position I'm in after 15 years, um, we really slow down the hiring process. And that's where that analogy of, you know, hire slow, fire fast comes in is because you uh, are basically getting into a relationship, a long-term relationship with these people. And you, you do have to like them, they do have to have skills and value to, to help you grow and scale the business. And so many people early on hire people because they think they're good people or they have similar skill sets to them, and then only to wake up and realize that hey, there's not a level of productivity, there's not a level of output, really contributing to where I originally saw this need for someone on the team. So. I absolutely think that environment you described—you had a certain level of structure. People were in the right roles, and when you mentioned fun, and saying six a.m. to twelve p.m., yeah. I mean that's a long day to spend. No, like, all, like still 12 enjoy midnight. that. Yeah, oh, twelve midnight. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you're eighteen hour day right there, and uh, so there's so much to unpack on this topic. And uh, we felt kind of the best way to, to dive in is to, to really go into the deep end with you guys. Because I know, Andre, after talking to a lot of owners out there, uh, once the foundation is built and, and they realize, hey, I know how to get people in the door. I know how to qualify the right people and you know, enroll at the right price. Um, I need help. And, and I want my business to run efficiently and be able to be a leader and when you get into that position where you have a lot of, this is how we do it here, you're ready to hire. But, uh, without that clarity on how you do things, it will make this 10 times harder.
1: Yeah. So how does, I I know that you had like experience with different types of teams and having full-time positions and part-time positions. Um, I think what, what typically happens is, you know, you, you have an owner who's like, all right, I, I, I've been wearing all the hats. I need help. I need somebody to cover classes so I can focus on the business. And so immediately they go to, I need to find like a coach, a full-time coach, maybe a part-time coach, but we're specifically talking about like the the full-time coach uh, question. Like, when should I transition to that? Um, Is like, what's the best way to do it? And I know you have, um, you know, some some thoughts on that is a way to to really approach that in a way that makes sense for you as the owner and the business's profit. So yeah, I guess just talk to us about like that period of time where a coach is like, hey, um, you know, I'm ready to hire and I want to hire a full-time coach. What would you say to them?
0: Yeah. So the first thing is I would say, Uh, we have to start with the end in mind, you know, and I'm a big picture, long-term planner. So if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right. Any rash hiring, you're going to deal with a problem down the road guaranteed. So we're trying to really smooth this out and say, before I hire anyone, I want to at least look at the relationship for at least two years. Okay, so that sets the timeline of saying, if we do get to a place where if it's part-time or full-time, whatever, it's going to take time to train this person. It's going to take time for that person to get comfortable. And you're going to realize that depending on where they're starting from experience wise, or, uh, you know, brand new to the industry, that may be six months to 12 months before someone really gets comfortable and feels a part of a team or, you know, an extension of you. So that means that if you went into this with an expectation, they're, You know, they're going to come on your team and then they have a job opportunity in a year. You just spend all your time hiring, training, and then the moment they get to this point where they're a productive team member, you lose them. So I've said this before, where the business has two funnels. It has the uh, membership funnel that we're trying to, you know, grow the membership uh, and, reach a level of enrollments that we're enrolling more people than we're losing due to natural attrition. Well, the same is said with employees. And employees is the one that will kill you in terms of the stress, in terms of the productivity, because you'll spend so much time in the hiring and training phase where you don't actually ever get to pull yourself out of some of these things that are keeping you in that mindset of, hey, I I, want to move from working in my business to on my business. So essentially, Uh, the, the point of why I'm sharing this guys is you must start with a reasonable expectation of how long it takes to train someone and then how long they're going to be a productive team member. And my number Andreas, is two years minimum. I won't even pursue the conversation. Uh, if the expectation is that they're moving in a year or it's temporary, it's just, it's not worth the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is a lot that you, a lot of time, energy, and resource that you will pour into that that person. Um, okay. So let's say they meet your two-year minimum. Um, and you're, you know, you're looking to hire a full-time person. Like one, would you say that owners rush into wanting to have a full-time position? Cause I know that there's like a time where you had two or three full-time positions and now you've gone to, uh, like a team of just part-time employees. So I guess one. What do you feel like you can get from part-time employees that you can't get from a full-time, or vice versa? Like, what what was that shift for you?
0: Yeah, this is one part ego. I'll be honest. Um, hiring someone and providing a professional career is very, um, you know, kind of a, a notion to think about. And you're like, I'm a boss. I'm I'm really taking care of someone. And it, it is a great feeling to have. It's a lot of responsibility. Um, but if things don't go well with that, there's also resentment that is carried. And what I mean by that is you'll have a full-time salary, but a part-time productivity. Meaning I'm paying someone, but I can't see the what they're bringing to the table. Or I can't justify that they're earning this salary. And that can really happen in this industry. So what I realized was when you really break down the initial need of hiring, chances are as a, a coach and an owner who is, you know, working a lot of classes in order for you to get more into the driver's seat of growing the business and bringing in more, you know, revenue. Well, you have to get yourself off the coaching floor. You need that time to swap that out, say with lead gen or meeting with prospects and physically signing people up. So that hands down is the first role that we recommend hiring for because it does give you that instant kind of focus of I got to make this person a great coach on the floor and then I can get those time or those hours back. What I see often is people will kind of gravitate towards this full-time coach because they want the most amount of return off that person when it comes to total classes. Right? So The difference would be a part-time person might say, hey, you know, I can work within the business for four hours a week. That's what I have uh, bandwidth-wise, where someone else might say, hey, I'm all in. I've got all the time needed. I'll be here, you know, at at open. I'll be here at close. Just put me in. And there's a lot of excitement for that, of people wanting to get in the industry. But what ends up happening is you really start seeing, well... What's the most uh, hours I could get out of this person? And there's an allure to saying, hey, I just have to find one person and they'll solve all my problems of getting me off the floor and I'll finally feel recharged. I'll finally have time to work on my business. And truthfully, it comes with a cost. And that is the place where we arrive at kind of the, the first phase is, yes, you're gonna need to get off the floor But if you find someone to give you 15 hours a week versus finding someone, um, you know, giving you four and then someone else that gives you four and someone else that gives you four and you uh, look at it from kind of a bird's eye view, you have all your classes covered, but they're radically different in terms of management issues or running the business. And that's ultimately where we probably need to go and, and dive a little bit deeper. But first stage of this is saying... I need to find people to cover on the floor responsibilities so I can, as an owner, start really focusing on the other areas that drive and power the business.
1: Gotcha. So the argument I think you're making is I would rather have multiple people um, covering all of my classes than one person covering all my classes because of the level of risk. If I'm giving all of my classes to one person, and one day they, you know, they're sick for a week, they go on vacation, you're essentially, your whole business is kind of like on this person's shoulders to a sense, right? Um, so you're saying like, hey, I'd rather avoid that type of scenario and find a team of people that can, that can really like provide that service. Something that you said that, that was really interesting was you're like, I'm paying a full-time salary for part-time productivity. But in my, like what, what, what gym owners are probably thinking is like, well, why don't you make them like do full-time productivity? Like why, what do you mean part-time productivity? You're paying them full-time. Shouldn't you expect full-time productivity? So I can, can you talk to that?
0: Yeah. So what ends up happening often is you've got this person, they're motivated. Uh, they're excited. Some of you guys out there have even guaranteed a salary. Of full time pay, maybe it's $30,000, $40,000 a year. And what we've found statistically is that when someone coaches more than three classes in a row, there's major burnout, which then, when you do the math, that puts someone, at least in a group centered model, somewhere around 15 hours a week that is kind of on the high end of what they can give and still feel recharged and energized. So when you when you just do the math, I know you love math. We're gonna work backwards from that. If I did 15 classes, I'm you know a full time coach for the for your business, and we're paying 25 bucks a class or 30 whatever. That's about 1,500 bucks in the paycheck. So my point is, if you're coming in with you know a thirty thousand, forty thousand dollar payroll for this person, what are they doing? to earn the remaining money if class limit by default tells us that's about 15 hours. So where's the other 25 if we're talking a full-time quote-unquote job of 40 hours a week to earn a comparable full-time salary? And that's where it gets tricky in this industry where our shifts, if you really think about it, our core of our businesses are uh, before work or after work. So what ends up happening is you start looking for jobs to do that aren't necessarily productive or profitable for the business is what I've found. You start launching additional programs because you have a person and you want to bring that revenue in so that that person can be a good ROI. You start adding classes to the schedule. And what it does is, and and you you guys are probably out there who have done this, you start seeing that you're creating work, you're creating... um, Mm. this feeling that this person is producing things but when you really crunch the math andrea i'm saying does it really net and is it worth the time the energy the effort to manage to set up to put the effort in to solve the people problems that do arise And they do, they always do. People get sick, people go on vacation, people don't know how to do things as good as you. And there's a constant management pulse that has to be maintained on everybody that is an employee. And you have now created that if you've gone outside of our recommended 27 class schedule.
1: Yeah. And it's so it's, I feel like that may happen in a very sneaky way. Like, you have a lot of intention for this person, like you're going to do this and then the rest, you know, you'll help with admin stuff. Um, but then, yeah, like the, I think the, the the issue that happens there is like, sure, they can help with admin stuff, but what admin stuff? Do you have a system for it? Do you have, like, do you have a, a way to train them on the admin stuff? Is the admin stuff like bringing in revenue or is it something that like, you know, Could you hire someone for like lower than $30 to $20 an hour? Is that actually, you know, so then you start kind of getting into that and you don't feel it as much because you're like, I'm already paying this person. So it's like, we're just going to like let them do this because they need to do work. Um, And it almost kind of feels like, yeah, you create all of this stuff for them to do
0: yeah. It sounds like you're, you know, and this is my belief too, like you're justifying your hire and you're creating this work. And this is honestly where a lot of open gym hours are formed. Well, I'm already paying someone. I'll just have the coach here mm-hmm. and people can come in and utilize the space. But when you really break down the math of how many people are using that open gym to the cost of staffing. Yeah. It doesn't add up is what I'm saying, guys. So you could have fallen into a trap of overpromising and being underdeveloped on what actually creates real, um, not just net income, Andrea, but is it worth it to go down these roads of opening these classes to, um, you know, having to find and attract people at those odd hours or have open gym or have the Olympic lifting program, the strength you know, specific class, the teens, the you name it. And it just ends up hyperinflating the costs and the people management associated with it. When if you went the other way and stayed lean, stayed focused on the ideal schedule that worked best for the business, for your lifestyle, it's a completely different strategy of centering, I'd say, the business around this person on the full time side versus our strategy of centering uh, the business around the client and saying, our ideal clients need to train at these times before work and these times after work. How do we make that model um, cater to their needs? And we need the person in the evening only. We need the person in the the morning only. And anything beyond that is not in our business model.
1: Yeah. So it almost is like, I was just writing down some notes because for you to transition from the team that you had, which I believe was like three or four full time, three or four part time, 45 classes, three programs like you were, it was big. <laughs> so for you to go from that to now 27 classes a week, one full time person, and then the rest part time, which I, you can explain like more. Um, I wrote down like the, the four kinds of things you had to do was one, completely shift your program to one program that serves your ideal client. The second thing that you did was adjust the pricing to reflect reflect the value of that program and not just like a class. The third thing you did was build a schedule, the 27 two shift schedule that really optimized for the client and for the business and then the third, the fourth thing was you built a team to service all of that, to service the class, to like be at the level that the price requires and to like run the 27 classes. Did I miss
0: anything? No, that was pr- pretty, pretty smooth.
1: <laughs> so as you, so I think it's really important because someone might might be like, Chris, there's absolutely no way I can run my 57 class a week. So 57 was a high dramatic number, but like it my happens. 45 classes a week, gym on part-time like people. How, like you're 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 crazy. Like how do how do you think I can do that? And it's like, well, this is kind of like the fourth step, right? Like the first three steps have to be in place in order for a group centered, profitable gym model to actually run. And so it's not like this is the only thing. It was like the last sort of thing that brings everything together. Um, so, um, so yeah, talk to like, was there any thing like, I don't know, do you feel like there was anything that you miss from having that full-time person? Do you feel like it wasn't nice to have someone there the whole time or, like, how did you adjust or transition from having like three full time people responsible for their roles to now, you know, a team of part time coaches? Like is the communication different? Is the culture different? Like, how is that?
0: yeah, there i'll I'll look at it this way. i I think it was a sense of like I have people to rely on, and I was relying on people who are full time in the business working on you know, a schedule of 12 to 15 hours, right? Uh, So beyond that, you know, you pose a question like, what are they working on outside of that for service or admin for our membership? And over the last few years, you can attest to this too, we started shifting a lot more towards technology and using softwares to do automation. And when that really started getting, caught up to how we either saw it could be effective for our, our, our industry. It started replacing the need for administrative time from an employee. The softwares can do it better. They can be more responsive. It can funnel the messages and filter them uh, just more quickly. So it cuts out a lot of the waste that we were finding with having people do these things. People forget to do tasks. People aren't responsive, Uh, like we want them to be. And there was just a lot of inefficiency. So I think it gave me confidence that I had a person, but over time, when you spend a lot of years in that, you start realizing that things are dropped and missed and forgetful. And it's not that that's not acceptable. Like people are human, but as an owner seat, you're always looking to optimize. You're always looking to get better. And that was one of the ways that I saw an opportunity is saying, "Hey, if we shift to more of this software, uh, you know, integration, we can cut out a lot of these tasks that, quite honestly, the employees didn't like. They were redundant. They were mm-hmm. uh, often the same answers to multiple different, you know, clients. They were getting bored, and you could tell in their work productivity, and their energy, and their mood, for anything that was outside of Sage's class." Okay. Because class was the exciting part, you're you know you felt like you're performing and you're having real impact in real time. So a lot of those tasks outside started to really show in um, just getting them done, getting them done on time. And as this technology proved that we actually integrated the technology while we had full time staff, and it was almost like I don't know what to do with my time now, right? Like the employee was like that, mm-hmm. and then you are further down this rabbit hole of like, well, we need to we need to grow, we need to create something for them to do. And it's like, no, hold on, let's take a step back. And holy crap, our software just replaced the whole role administratively. And we could, you mean we could cut $2,000 a month in administrative time, and that could come back to reinvesting in the business or owner salary or profit or whatever. That was that eye-opening moment where, if you really looked at it from that lens, and if you had multiple full-time people like I did, you know, running a, a non-barbell class, a, a kids program, and that same thing is happening, and you start realizing, wow, if if I just focused on this one piece, this group-centered model, I love coaching adults. I love coaching people on you know functional movement. If I focused there, what the information is telling me is these coaches just want to coach. They want to show up and give this person the best experience. And that's what they're truly passionate about. But if you run out of class opportunities to build a full-time salary or full-time pay for someone to have, you know, a family, a mortgage, rent, all that stuff, it really starts telling you that I need a few of these part-time people and they're actually happier. They're, this actually can integrate into their lifestyle and their life. Um, and, and they can be there for years. And, and truthfully, Andrea, I've had longer-term part-time coaches in terms of how long they've been with me. in this, the last, this holds for all 15 years than I have had full-time people. And it's very interesting as they're happier, they stay longer, and we're able to see them really come in more energized because they're not doing, say, three classes in a row, five days a week. So there's not that same burnout factor. They come in pumped, and you know, because their work schedule may be like every other day or every, you know, two days. Um, so they really miss it and and look forward to coming in and giving that energy. So in that regard, you start to see the kind of transition. And once I saw that and felt that, I was like whoa, I'm getting a better product on the floor. This person's happier. It's easier to manage um, when they have shifts and it's easier to reverse engineer um, the schedule when people are coaching two to three shifts that fit within our ideal client's schedule. And that starts to kind of lead us in the direction of saying part-time is not something you should avoid or feel less than or not accomplished as an owner or feel like you haven't been able to make this business work. And here's where I learned this. I, I, I've told this story a couple of times, but I don't think I've made it a point. I learned this lesson on two specific experiences. The first is I was, on, uh, I was snowboarding with uh, my buddies in uh, Park City. I'm on the mountain uh, taking a lesson. It was my first year out there. I didn't know how to snowboard. They all left me. They're like, <laughs> you know, experienced. They're like, go, go to the kitty park first <laughs> before you hang with us. So I was like, all right, I'm gonna take a lesson. So, you know, I sign up for a lesson. It's a group of eight. I show up. I'm the only one, and you know, I'm laughing ironically because that can happen in a group class. It was like the perfect moment. I'm like, what do we do? She's like, well. You've got me for eight hours. I was like, man, I'm gonna be a pro at the end of with all this. So we get to talking, all right? And this gal had had been a snowboard uh, instructor for a few years. And you know, in between resting, because if you haven't been snowboarding, it's so tiring on your legs. Like I, I, you work out, and I came in. I'm like, I'm gonna be so fit, and like I'm gonna crush this. <laughs> I grew up in South Florida, wakeboarding. Man, I could barely go a hundred yards before my legs gave out. So. There was a lot of sitting on the mountain and just recuperating talking. So I learned that the majority of this billion dollar business is random part-time people. And the, the thing that I saw that intrigued me, she was so happy to be part-time to be able to have, you know uh, another job to supplement her income to afford her lifestyle. but this gave her the impact, the ability to use, you know, the, the mountain, uh, on her time or days off. And she was thrilled. So I was like, holy crap. She's just so like impressive as a coach, teaching me things and breaking them down. But at the same time, this isn't a full-time gig for her. And I just felt very satisfied at someone who just paid like 300 something bucks for this class. And it was just interesting to me that, man, we could replicate that on the fitness side. And have that same level of energy, enthusiasm, and, and her be extremely happy about working part time. So that was the first thing when it came to part time schedule. Then the other experience on the money side. Steph and I are on date night. We go out to uh, Ember's uh, local steakhouse mm-hmm. here, right? Well, we sit down. And we're like, this place is only open from like five to ten.
1: Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> So we're, we're like, whoever owns this must just love it. They don't have to worry about staffing breakfast and lunch and dinner. The mm-hmm. employees probably do awesome because the plates are like four times the amount of any other restaurant. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. But when we really started breaking down, it's like, well, we're here. We freaking love the food. We're definitely coming back. And you look around and you start to realize that they simply are able to cut their overhead costs. They're able to have an easier, more simple business to run, and very profitable because they're charging way, way above what the average dinner is at, say, one of these other restaurants that has to cook breakfast, has to staff breakfast, has to, you know, have multiple shifts, multiple managers to manage all these people. And you start to look at it from a complexity side, and we said, "Whoa, this model must be a joy to run," and to work with you to have that energy for your staff and like really make it about serving your your employee and giving the best product. So it's the combination of those two experience that really set in me and said, "Hey, like we're going this way in this direction. We haven't looked back since." And I w- and I wrote this the other day someone it's it's funny like that comment you posted uh um uh or asked me to 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 comment back on it was actually a former member that saw the post about the transition to 27 classes. So he was a part of the 40 plus classes. And he goes, Whoa, like, didn't you lose all these people? Didn't you like realize that this is a big shift for people. And the truth is guys, when I went to 27 classes and shrunk the team down to part-time we actually got so much support for that because here's what happened. We were focusing more intentionally on the ideal client. So it was a better move to shift the class schedule, but more importantly, the coaches loved it too because they could stay within that shift that avoided burnout. And it was the right amount of classes for their life. So it was almost like it was a win for the employee. It was a win for uh, the member and it was a big win for us. Everybody was happy for the first time. Yeah. It was awesome. I
1: I really like that example of those two, two different models and you seeing them work in different industries. You know, you, I think a lot of times, man, it feels like the, the benchmark of success and you touched on it a little bit when we started is I want to provide a career for someone like that determines success for me. And I wonder like, what gyms would look like if that maybe wasn't the benchmark and maybe the benchmark is I want to create a business that gives me flexibility, uh, like a professional salary, a healthy thriving team, but you were unattached to how it was quote unquote, supposed to look like right? Like I think a lot of times it's like, well, I have to have a full-time employee and then I have to have part-time employees and I have to have more than one program. And my dream has to be big in order to support all those things. And it's like, you are you more invested in the how or are you willing to be more focused on the outcome and be detached from like the how? Because I feel like that's what you did. You you went from this is how I thought it was supposed to be. It's supposed to be this big facility with this big team and all these things to I'm going to let go of that. And I'm going to build what, what gives me the outcomes, which is time profit income. Here's Um,
0: how I knew I was trapped in that mindset. You, you put that perfectly where it was one part ego. I wanted to be, you know, the owner that provided a career and uh, the other side, when you're in that situation and you have a full time and you've made someone that promise, it's hard to reverse that, yeah. right? Especially if they have kids or uh, family or they're in that transitional part of their life where they're, you know, trying to get married. So they have all these hopes and dreams and income's a part of that. And you're in that position where you promise that. And um, what's interesting is you will fixate on that and and commit to that and it can really put you in a position where you end up realizing your employees making more money than you or equal amount of money as you. And you're incurring all the risk. You're behind the scenes, um, putting in countless hours uh, and stressors and anxiety. And, And that's not why we started these businesses. And we have to just step back. Like you're saying, and go to a different thought process of what, what are we building? What is the actual outcome when it comes to what we're trying to achieve? And that was that moment for me. And and what I realized is we had to refocus around the, the client. We kind of lost our way and we got a little too deep into the employee side. And at the end of the day, like when you restructure everything around that client, that ideal client, you start realizing a lot of it's tied to the schedule and the outcomes that they want. And if you focus on those areas, some of you can say, honestly, like I have, that you opened up more classes, you've started programs because someone else got you excited. Maybe it was someone that could no longer train you know, in the evening and they said, well, it'd be really great if you had 10 a 10 a.m., and, right. Or or the employee that said, you know, I'm really passionate about, uh, you know, another type of program or ancillary class. But if you really take a step back, guys, and you say this is what I do exceptionally well, I run a group centered uh, program around our ideal clients schedule and we charge the rates that we need to to provide everything we need year round. And it completely changed and transformed my idea of success. And I'm standing here, Andrea saying, I'm less stressed than I ever been. I've had more freedom. We can leave our business on a Wednesday evening and come back Monday every single week. There is no worry of whether bills are paid or payroll is going to hit every single payroll period because Of the sacrifice of transitioning the business out of a high volume, high class model into this. So you're not thinking about all the things that that thing brought on and that model uh, made you kind of take on as issues because a lot of those issues fell off and your brain power is now centered around the experience of the client and, you know, not having to worry about what's happening between non-ideal client hours.
1: Yeah. Cool. I think this was a really great yeah, conversation to get people thinking about, Hey, when I'm building out this team, like what do I actually need? Um, and the reason I think it worked really well for you and works really well for our clients is because again, like this is kind of part of the, a four, four to a step process of like creating the right program at the right price with the right schedule and having the right team. To execute yeah. that, um... and,
0: I, and I'll end on this. There, there's it's when you get to a point where you realize that the industry has an issue with owners having a professional income. You can't skip over that, and all of a sudden I'm going to provide professional income for an employee. If you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself. Yeah. and say, Hey, this has to be a good deal for me. If I'm going to be powering it, if I'm going to be carrying, you know, the load and the, the vision, well, you have to be financially stable. You have to be financially comfortable for you to have the brain power and the energy to take on, uh, someone else's household income. And that Andre is, is my mission. Our mission is saying, Hey, we got to get these businesses to perform for the owners first before this industry is going to grow into uh, the ability to offer full-time pay and professional jobs. But there's, there's too much work to be done there because there's a lot of um, owners in that position where they're not making $60,000 a year in take-home. And there's a lot of people out there that are sacrificing their own personal income to staff these inflated facilities, I'll call it. And I say that lovingly because I've been there, I've done that, and there is a better way of doing it, a simpler way of doing it. And that is what and why I started this this business and this line of work, is I wanted to feel successful. I wanted to have my freedom and, and make decisions on my terms, but I certainly didn't want to sign up for 24, seven hours of work people problems, low income, and some of majority of the industry are feeling that and getting out of it. And I worry about that. So we have a solution for you guys out there and we are training gym owners on how to simplify, how to increase their income and how to do it in a way that your business is easier to run and manage.
1: Yes. So if you are interested in learning more about that, um, head to www.factory4.com book and book a 15 minute call with us just to learn more about where you're at um, with your gym. And then, you know, just kind of see if it's a good fit. Um, and if you're not in our Facebook group, just head to Facebook and search art of a profitable lifestyle gym request to join. We have a lot of trainings there. Um, a lot of different, you know, just talking about, about ways to run a simplified, profitable group centered, Gym model. So if you feel like you're stuck and you're you've thought, like man, is this just feels like challenging to do every single month? Like it's I'm I'm putting in so much work, but I'm not seeing the actual take home, then you might have the wrong like gym model. You might be running the wrong model and and it's okay. Like you can, you can definitely fix it. Um, but it is going to require you thinking about brick and mortar in a different way, in a new way. Um, and yeah, in the group, we talk about all those strategies and principles. So we'd love to see you there, but this was a great episode. I really enjoyed talking about all this. Thanks, Chris.
0: Thank you guys. If you're ready to start growing your membership base with long-term clients and building a gym that gives you income and lifestyle, then I want to invite you to apply to my program where I'll show you how to pay yourself $5,000 a month, take home, and make $5,000 a month in gym profit without spending all of your time working by implementing our proven process, the Lifestyle Gym Model. Head to factoryforge.com forward slash apply to apply to work with us.